1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth.
2: Stocks are rising today after Meta had earnings that are adding to tech strength, but not enough, I don't think. We'll talk about this. I feel like the earnings are coming through, but the valuations are high And then we talk of talk of recessions gaining a little bit of pitter patter as well as today. Headlines like U.S. economy grew at a one point one percent rate in the first quarter sign of a slowdown. One point one percent is on the cold side. Remember our little friend Goldilocks, the burglar who who broke into the three bears house. She wants things not too hot, not too cold, but just right. GDP at 1.1% is on the cold side. It's enough to keep Goldilocks eating the, the the terrible porridge. Who eats porridge anyway? Why couldn't it be like beef stew? But we'll get to this. We'll get to this. We'll get to this. It just feels like the environment. We have to extend this process a little bit longer. Do one more rate hike. And then you know what's after one more rate hike? No more rate hikes. And you know what's after no more rate hikes? Probably two moves lower this year, and that'll be your catalyst. But right now, we don't have a catalyst. We're trying to make fire to get warmth on Wall Street by staring at a bunch of sticks. Uh-uh. Okay, okay. I promise I'm going to slow down, put my thoughts together, and do this right. Yesterday, we had mixed markets. The NASDAQ was slightly higher, while the SP 500 and the Dow were ultimately slightly lower, with the Dow being the bigger underperformer. Netflix yesterday announced something that made me very, very happy. A sixth season of Black Mirror. It's going to hit in June. I don't know why I like that show so much. But if if you were to say, what's your favorite show of all time on Netflix? And I feel like I'm a three-year-old child. Yesterday I was telling you about, what's your favorite book you've ever read? I really like Black Mirror. Not all of them. It's all about a dystopian effects of technology on society. Some of them are just stunning. Just they, they blow your mind. You're like, oh, boy, that's not good. Anyhow, anyway, let's move forward. NASDAQ up one half, one percent. The S.P. 500 was down one third of one percent yesterday. Again, NASDAQ did its job, but First Republic Bank did a bigger job saying, "Ooh, it's scary out there. Banks are a problem right now. Regional banks, not all banks. And the stock continues to slip for First Republic. It seems to me inevitable. Which I once saw Mike Tyson say the word inevitable, and he actually it said inedible, as it was inedible. So I anytime I see the word inevitable now, it automatically triggers a memory in Mike Tyson going, inedible. Disney took on DeSantis yesterday again, taking the feud to another level. Man. Wall Street and Main Street typically don't come this close to each other. We have a publicly traded company going after a publicly elected official. Yeah, I said it. Florida Governor, Reverend DeS- uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and one of the state's largest employers is getting hotter than the final plate on the hot plate challenge. Disney and DeSantis have been dueling like Peter Pan and Captain Hook. Whatever uh, silly image you want to put up, I think that one works the best. Because for a while in your childhood, you th- you imagine Disney and you threw that Peter Pan logo thing on in your head. And DeSantis kind of looks like Captain Hook. Do you remember that time at a Disney resort that an alligator ate a small child? I guess he didn't eat him, but he killed him. Um... And the thought there was how soon until we could bring up Captain Hook and alligator references in financial media and media. It's you can't loss of a child never makes sense. So the 74 page lawsuit, 74 page lawsuit. Disney suit against DeSantis is referring to him as a relentless campaign to weaponize government power against Disney in a retaliation for expressing a political viewpoint. This one needs to get finished. It's just not fun. House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy. Got enough votes from GOP colleagues yesterday to pass a bill to raise the debt ceiling while making stark spending cuts. It's a 320-page bill. It's meant to start negotiations with President Biden. So a couple things are hanging over the market right now. First Republic Bank's probably not going to last. Or it looks like it. And that threat, that scare is enough to, to spook breaking into new highs. Then you get this debt ceiling. That's right around the corner. You know what happens with the debt ceiling? It's going to get done. And I'm 100% at at getting that correct for 25 straight years. But when does it get done? I don't know. How does it get done? I don't know. It's going to look like the grossest sausage you've ever seen. Will there be spending cuts? Will Biden give back some of his gains politically? I don't know. But until the debt ceiling gets done, it's a question mark. You throw in the question mark about First Republic, you got two big question marks. Then you get the Fed Reserve meeting next week. There's another question mark. The CPI numbers are doing what they're supposed to be doing, coming down. But there's also a question mark is, can they crack below 4%? Meta's year of the efficiency is off to a strong start. After three straight quarters of falling revenue last year, the company finally saw an uptick in ad sales for a 3% revenue jump. This was a great quarter. And if you've been listening to this show, you've known that Wall Street loves when people get fired or laid off. And Facebook and Amazon were two of the biggest abusers of overhiring during the pandemic. Trying to get warm bodies just in case. Their stocks were going up because people were using their product. And when your stock's going up billions and billions and billions of dollars, you don't mind having employees sit on their hands, do nothing until the economy is no longer going straight up. Man for your product is no longer super hot because people are locked in their homes. And Matt is doing the right thing right now from the eyes of wall street. Every time I see eyes of wall street, I want to do this. in the eyes of a child. I won't do it. I promise. UK said no, 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 no to Microsoft's $69 billion deal to buy Activision Blizzard. This looks like it's going to be a deal breaker. There will be an appeal. But Microsoft's going to have to kick up $3 billion to Activision for a breakup. Microsoft plans to appeal, but but put in a strain on the deal. uh, As they're still waiting for decisions from the EU and the United States where the FTC has already sued to scuttle it. Again, I think we all know what's going on there. Um, I can't say that the judicial process really understands video games as well as they should, but it's going to be a tough battle to win. 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 each calls on the air. Pope Francis will let women vote at an upcoming bishops meeting for the first time ever. Freddie Mercury's upcoming estate sale at Sotheby's will include his art collection, some Fabergé clocks, and the original lyrics for We Are the Champions. Can't say I'm a collector of stuff like that. I'll have to think of it, but I don't think I collect anything. Big event coming up in Marin a pints and portfolio and a big event coming up at the end of May in Palo Alto. You can sign up for both events by going to Rob black show.com. That's Rob black show.com
1: brought to you by EP. Wealth. this is the Rob black show.
2: Look for the story inside the headlines. Then look for the the sizzle inside the story or maybe the grit. What I'm trying to say is there's a big headline out there today. That I think is a little bit misleading. Southwest Airlines rated the worst airline in the United States. This is out of 11 airlines. And there's categories in the rating system from Wallet Hub, including baggage and depart departures, canceled flights, delays, mishandled baggage, denied boardings, animal related incidences and overall safety. Comfort, Wi-Fi, a couple of other categories, right? For many Americans, <clears throat> airlines are what they are, a pretty cheap form of travel. To me, I want to see canceled flights by Southwest, as when I fly Southwest to L.A., San Diego, on the West Coast, it's incredibly convenient to, tr- to fly to five or six destinations, Vegas, San Diego, L.A., San Francisco, Seattle, Phoenix, a pretty much so a hop, skip and a jump. the planes are full Um, and that's again I'm not going to invest in an airline probably never in my life Warren Buffett once invested in TWA and it scorned him to the point that he said I'll never do that again (laughs) here's one that I can promise you I'll never marry crazy again I know you're saying you married crazy yes I met crazy and I married crazy Let's talk about some of the things that we've seen recently. Um, Alphabet authorized a $70 billion buyback. I like buybacks. I cannot lie. I like dividend increases. What are two things that you like on companies? I'll wait. I'll wait. I also like revenue. I like margins. I love total addressable market. Client acquisition costs, client re- client retention costs. I think Netflix is still pretty powerful. In large part because they have a little bit of ability to raise rates. But they also have a pretty sticky, needs-less marketing client or customer. So what are some things you like? I love buybacks. I'm circling around on companies right now that are 20% off their all time highs. I'm circling around companies that have margins that are above market averages. Historically, I don't mind if a company gets disrupted or dislocated. If I can see the customers, if I can see the revenue, if I can see the margins, if I can see how they can get back to those numbers. I think Netflix is a great example of a company that got disrupted and found its way back onto the business model where it rewards shareholders for three, four, five years at a time. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever, ever, ever mentioned on this show. Um, The new Barbie movie. Man, that looks like it has potential to be awful, does it not? You take out Margot Robbie and you're like, this would never work and the only reason we're giving it potential is Margo Robbie. Let's talk about a little bit about Microsofts. You know, I'm talking about things that we've seen this week. Azure customers in Microsoft continue to exercise some caution in terms of optimizing new workloads. Trends from the prior quarter continued to be expected. So, cloud services from Google, Amazon, and Microsoft, they're the three biggies. One of the things that they're seeing, and we'd see this from Microsoft's results, is that you and I start up a company, and we're going to call it—I don't know—Warflix. It's going to compete with Netflix, right? And It's just going to be war movies. Well, to get those videos and movies delivered to our customers or clients who sign up, we need to use web services. And Microsoft is saying Rob's not going to start Warflix this quarter. He's just not—he's not feeling it. So some of the money that Microsoft, Google. And Amazon get from corporate customers or new corporate customers. The new corporate customers not coming. The speculation isn't there. Worthy of note, because it can get there. I like where we are in the stock market. I don't like that we can't break to new highs during the mm-hmm. early season. It would have been nice. It would have been convenient. It would have been made for a more fun show. But that's about it. I don't mind everything working through until inflation comes down one more step until the fed raises one more time. And then I'm going to get a lot more constructive. And I think the market is too. So you have maybe three months to six months to really put together your action plan for the next bull market, maybe nine months. And again, I don't know if something bad can't happen because trust me, it can, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, I looked at alphabet they fit into a lot of the things that I like. $70 billion uh, share repurchase, I think on top of already at $10 billion. So we know that stocks can be bought for a couple of years by them, themselves. Markets made up of buyers and sellers. We know there's going to be buyers. Google Cloud revenue is up 28%. That was attractive. Other Google revenue, which doesn't classify, was up 8.8%, but their advertising was essentially flat. That's not horrible, but it's also not good. YouTube ad revenues were down 2.6%. I pay for YouTube premium, and I love that service. Probably more than Netflix. Probably more than maybe even YouTube TV. um, Or you could say your cable bundle. Some other things we saw this week was Alphabet in their conference call talked about AI being a remaining a core focus being deployed across all product areas. Current AI opportunities comparable to the transition made from desktop to mobile computing. Big winner there is NVIDIA. I don't need to find other little companies. I'm not that guy. When I could date Miss Universe, I date Miss Universe. I don't run, date the runner up or the runner runner up or five years from now, she's going to be Miss Universe. I think NVIDIA is the player. Now, again, you can go, but the evaluation is really high. Totally correct. So you got to make up something for your own self. Elsewhere out there, YouTube Shorts is seeing some strong momentum with creators. Number of channels that uploaded to Shorts Daily grew over 80% last year. When they start to monetize that, that should work out well for Alphabet. A number of organizations using its generative AI, large language models across Google Cloud, Workspace, and other offerings. They say monetization is coming nicely. Um, And if TikTok goes down by the United States government, which I think it could. I don't have the odds yet, but it's better than 25% if TikTok goes down google and snap are big winners as well as meta because they have instagram 30. you should always be developing stories in your head as you're watching earnings season unfold do i really care about southwest getting labeled a poor company no i still see travel as a big thing in the united states but again i don't buy airlines just not my thing you have to be able to say things like that you not just me I'm Rob Black.
1: Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com.
2: So in the 1990s I was a dating man fairly young still and I had a girlfriend wear capri pants. I'm like, where's the rest of your pant the legs were stopping right at her calf, right? And she goes, it's stylish. I'm like, oh, okay. Thought nothing of it for a couple more years. As I was starting to uh, start my business in the early nineties, there was a stock that was incredibly hot named gap stores and doing financial media at that time. I've been doing financial podcasts since the, late 90s. Clearly the oldest financial podcaster in the United States. Um, Because I worked with a tech company. The tech company was CNET and the tech company was doing tech podcasts. And they were like, hey, you want to talk about tech stocks? I'm like, sure. And So anyway, long story short, I've been talking stocks for a long time on air. Gap's Mickey Drexler was the guy who did the Capri Pants. And as you prep for a radio... Ultimately, what you're doing is doing a lot of research. And if you do a lot of research, you can be a good stock picker. I was talking to my kid about that yesterday. Um, and he wants to invent bubble gum that tastes like popcorn. No, 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 not popcorn, toothpaste. I'm like, mm-hmm. might be better if it's a surprise taste because kids today like surprise taste and strong taste. They don't want something as predictable as bubble gum. But he wants edible toothpaste. I'm like, that sounds disgusting, but good idea. Now let's go research to see if there's anything like it. So let's talk about Gap for a little bit. It gained prominence in the 1970s by selling Levi's blue jeans to teenagers of the baby boom. They found that jeans appeal was fading in the 1980s as baby boomers became adults. Income CEO Millard S. Drexler never met a man named Millard, I don't think. His nickname was Mickey. He was a brash, young fashion whiz, a Bronx native whose credentials included management stints at Bloomingdale's, Macy's, and Taylor. He was the president of the flagship Gap stores division in starting in December 1983. He soon started a major facelift, de-emphasizing jeans in favor of brightly colored sweatshirts and sweatpants, sweaters and blouses, and other casual wear that appealed to older, higher-income customers. Results were impressive. Earnings rose consistently. Mickey Drexler was essentially a fashion god. Now, this doesn't always work in retail. We've seen Bed Bath & Beyond fail as Bed Bath & Beyond started their own brands. And they might have called it the BBB brand. And out goes KitchenAid. And out goes all the houseware brands that she grew up knowing. In comes theirs. That didn't work. So sometimes when you when you take a big stab at someone who's famous for uh, doing it his way, it works well. And sometimes it doesn't. Target, on the other hand, for instance, I think they're doing quite nicely with their fashion brands. Walmart, not so much. If you're seeing Walmart right now unwind some of the fashion bets that they've tried to bring in-house. I want you to just think of this as a roster, a baseball team. I want you to think of your portfolio as a roster and a baseball team. I want you to think of it as a horse race as well. Some of the analogies start to getting old. And I, again, baseball team? Yeah. I don't think you can have Amazon, Meta, NVIDIA. I don't think you can have them all on the same team. If that's 50% of your portfolio, you've got a a strong first baseman. Can't play any other position because he's just too strong and his legs are too thick to run around. But he can hit a lot of home runs, but he can strike out a lot too. You have to have a balanced team. You have to have the crafty veterans. You have to have the young upstarts. You have to have people who can get on base, steal bases. People who can rob an out in the outfield. A catcher who can call a good game. If you're all one thing, I think it'll eventually burn you. Now, I don't mind being overweight something, but I'm not 50% or more. So again, using Millard S. Mickey Drexler is my thought for the segment. Get to know the companies you own. Do you like the CEO of Google? Did you like the co-founders of Google. Do you like the co-founders of Yahoo? Jerry Yang, David Filo, and then a long list of people you barely can remember. The non-Mickey Drexler's of Yahoo. The non-Steve Jobs. If you've never read a annual report by a company, I don't think you should be investing in individual stocks ever. So if you do a little bit of work on Mickey Drexler, he's one of the top 50 people ever in way-shaped fashion. And honestly, he's a pretty boring fashion guy himself. He revived brands like Gap. He's transformed J. Crew into a cult hit again. Again, I don't buy a lot of um, apparel companies. It's just not my thing. Drexler was directed on, he was a director on the board of Apple from 1999 to 2016. He's on the uh, board of Warby Parker. On the board of Outdoor Voices. And anytime I see his name, I'm like, he's a winner. For a long period of time, he'd wear a white t-shirt, blue jeans, and a black jacket. That was his thing. And then again, you're like, that's kind of quirky. And then you're like, Steve Jobs, that little black fake turtleneck. Oh, I get it. Don't look at me. Look over there. So I'm a big fan of Mickey Drexler. Um, And if you could do your homework on him, you'd see that success or failure starts at top. And I think he's top. Management is super important to get to know. It's not something you could gloss over. And uh, when you see... Magazine articles, like, you know, top 10 all-time fashionistas. He's typically there. He's the CEO right now of Alex Mill. And I'm not saying where he goes, I'll go. It's not a bad thought, but it's not the right thought. Oh, did I mention Gap is going to cut 1,800 corporate jobs? That's what it was announced today. And guess what's happened in the stock I'm going to give you a second. I'm going to give you a second. If you listen to the show, you know. If you guess wrong, then you should, you should put your head down in shame. Answer is stocks going up. The current round of job cuts is expected to help the company reach $300 million in annualized savings under the restructuring plan. Half of those savings will be realized in 2023. The company expects to incur up to $85 million in cost-tied to layoffs and up to $35 million tied towards consulting and other costs. Back in September, Gap cut 500 employees. Now in April, they're cutting 1,800 more. Do you see what's happening in the economy? We're starting to see it this quarter. Earnings expectations are starting to incorporate a recession-type scenario into the back half of 2023, but we're also seeing job cuts accelerate. I'm not going to say I'm happy. But I'm going to tell you that this is a pretty damn predictable bear market. And I'll tell you what, that honestly scares me a little bit. It's too predictable. I've been calling it too correct. And that's if you know one thing about me, I I don't want to be known as the soothsayer. Although I, I read an article recently about the things that we did in the 2020 shutdown pandemic that we've kind of forgotten about, like Zoom parties. Um, buying groceries, groceries from restaurants out on the curb. The one that struck me as funny, it was my own personal one. I I got into a situation at four o'clock in the afternoon. I'd watch racehorsing and I got an online app and you can bet, you know, $3 a day on horse racing and you could watch two hours of horse racing. And I got pretty good at it to the point that I had $6,000 in winnings off less than a hundred dollars investment. That's what I did over the pandemic. That's like if I were to write a book report, it was ridiculous. And I look back on that now and I go, I spent a lot of time doing that. But for some reason, watching horses when everyone was being locked in, kind of felt like beautiful. Anyhow, I'm digressing. Meta stocks up 15% on earnings beat. Mark Zuckerberg touts AI and vows to keep costs down. He still has a little bit of a problem with that reality labs. Losing $3 billion plus. Meta has been the best performing stock of 2023, up 74% year to date. If today's gains hold up, it adds another $80 billion to its market capitalization. He plans to slow hiring in 2023 to control costs. He's already laid off tens of thousands of workers in over, over several rounds. Minute. He's all about AI. I know you're saying, please don't sing. Please don't sing. I'm all about that AI, 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 AI,
0: AI, AI.
2: You can't do it with all about that base, can you? Nope. Um, I still like Meta. For the short-term investor, for another two quarters, for the long-term investor, their total addressable market is huge. And again, they could benefit if TikTok gets shut down in the United States. Am I telling you to rush into it today? Nope. I'm saying, put it on your your shopping list, and if it ever makes sense for you, you do you. I work with EP Wealth, EP Wealth, and I do me. If that makes any sense? Always consult a broker before taking action on any stocks I've ever mentioned. Not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, I'm doing an event in Marin called Pints and Portfolios for people with $500,000 of investable assets or more. You can learn more about Pints and Portfolio at Rob Black Show. Com.
1: You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Thus far,
2: the better than expected, but not necessarily good, first quarter's earnings season has failed to move the stock market through the short-term upside of the S&P 500, i.e., we're not breaking out. Meta platforms... And Microsoft certainly have done their parts. Caterpillar and Honeywell have helped temper concerns about a hard landing with their results and guidance. UPS last week said, hey, worldwide shipments are going down because people feel the recession is coming. Recession. The good news is that first quarter reporting hasn't been. Bad. But it hasn't been positive either. With nearly 50% of the S P 500 companies reporting March quarterly results and approximately 76% of those companies beating earnings expectations, the blended earnings rate of growth of the first quarter is negative 4.2%. So we're not growing earnings. Now, that's better than the negative 6.7% expected on March 31st. And here we are a month and a half later or a month later. It's still negative. It's no growth. Underline, underline, exclamation, exclamation. For market trading at a premium valuation and with negative growth, there makes, it makes no sense. That does not make sense to break to new highs. We got to go through a couple more events. We need the CPI to have come down one more big chunk. Get us closer to the Fed saying, you know what? We know that there's interest rates that are going to hit everything in the next couple months. We know everything's going to go to heck in a handbasket But we think because the jobs are so strong right now in the United States that it'll be a soft landing, if recession at all. We got the first quarter GDP report today. It rose at an underwhelming 1.1%. In the fourth quarter, it rose 2.6%. That's not good. That is maybe we're a quarter away from negative GDP growth. We're close. And we know the interest rate hikes are coming or the effects of the interest rate hikes are coming. Think of interest rate hikes as big rocks that you throw in the lake. Doesn't cause a lot of weight to start, but a couple of seconds after that, you start seeing a big wave, and then another wave, and then another wave, and that's how interest rates work. They work into the system. We're seeing an improvement in weekly jobless claims, a leading indicator, likely contributing to the pop in the market rates as well. Initial claims for the week ending April 22, climb by 16,000 to 230,000. Jobs are fine. Can't can't knock the hustle. People are hustling. The initial jobless claims remain a long way from the levels that have we've seen in past recessions. When you start seeing first time unemployment claims above three hundred fifty thousand three hundred seventy five thousand four hundred thousand four hundred twenty five, four hundred fifty. That says recession is coming. Recession is coming. It's the poll revere, if you will. And keep in mind when the recession hits, we already knew it was coming and, and the market will start to rally. Historically speaking, more often than not, that doesn't mean it'll happen again. It just means that everything's lining up for a bull market to start sometime in the next three, six or nine months, depending on how these jobs play out. The House passed a budget, a debt ceiling bill which calls for cuts in exchange for lifting the debt limit by 1.5 trillion. The bill is reportedly dead on arrival in the Senate. The president has threatened to veto any legislation on the debt ceiling that has strings attached to it. We got to get through that, to be quite honest with you. I'm not worried that a deal is going to get done, but a lot of Americans are. Worthy of note. Oh, what else do we have to hit real quick here? Um, Housing. The housing correction is not here. A few months ago, the internet was filling up with predictions of doom and gloom, a 2008 style crash in home prices. I don't think that's given the case. I think 2000 to 2006, we gave loans to people who shouldn't have loans. And that did mean we were going to have a crash. The thinking right now, in my opinion, is we've given loans in the last five years to qualified people like myself. And we gave them incredibly low interest rate mortgages. So I don't think this is going to go end as bad as it did in 2008, but I I still kind of want it to come down a little bit. In parts of the United States, the housing market is strong as ever. People didn't consider, in my opinion, is there's uh, not a lot of inventory out there. You have people who are basically price insensitive buyers who must buy a home no matter what. I've got a friend who's moving from Marin to the Boston area, and they have to buy a home no matter what. The prospect of a bigger mortgage payment has deterred some buyers at the margin because of higher interest rates. That's reflected in home sales data, but prices simply haven't come down that much. A good way of thinking about this is that interest rates went up a lot, but that they went up from extremely low levels. The current level of interest rate is actually more normal historically. The low interest rates that we had before we would refer to, the low interest rates would be referred to as abnormal. The mortgage I got two years ago, I call that abnormally low. 2.5 percent, 2.8 percent. If you had told my father that, like my dad's long dead, but he's already say while he's alive, do you think interest rates will ever get on mortgages get down to 3 percent? He goes, no, don't be dumb. Interest rates have risen. There's an adjustment period. And now people have adjusted to the higher level of interest rates. You would have expected prices to adjust much lower to account for the higher interest rates, but that simply hasn't happened in every market. For personal financial purposes, I like to tell people that a house is not an investment. A house is a negative carry. You're paying the mortgage, you're paying property taxes, you're paying insurance, you're paying for maintenance. The average is around 1% of the value of the home each year. Stocks and bonds have a positive carry. You earn dividends and interest. One. And a home is not an asset, it is a liability that appreciates over time. We'll talk about more about housing in the coming weeks and months. First and foremost, Portfolio and Pints It's coming not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. It's for people with $500,000 or more. It's going to be a Sunday afternoon at 1 to 4 at a watering hole of my choice. You'll find out where it is after you register, and we see that you have some assets that we can talk about it is a free financial snapshot portfolio review a second opinion it'll highlight areas for improvements and opportunities for growth and we'll have a beer or two out in the sunshine of marin you can sign up for the event at rob black show that's robblackshow.com space is extremely limited um sign up today at robblackshow.com
1: for more information about ep wealth visit robblack.com that's robblack.com